Hi, I'm Jeff Grayson. This is the second half of a two-part interview. The guys have left the locker room. The halftime adjustments have been made. I think we can expect nothing less than 110%. It's season four of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Chris Beyer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin. Jim. Hello, everyone. Today is the second half of an interview with New York-based comedian, Lauren LeJudice. You probably got to know her last week as the character Carmilla Rivoli, and it was a lot of fun. I want to welcome Lauren. Welcome, Lauren. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, Lauren. Appreciate it. We got to know Lauren through first Michelle Tonkovitz, who led us to uh, Wendy. I'm not sure Wendy's last name. Wendy Thiel, is that? Wendy Thiel, yeah. Thiel, who is an agent, I believe, right? Um, She works on, she's a podcast booker. Okay. And so uh, Wendy Thiel, who gave us your name, a New York-based comedian, which is really at the heart of this podcast. We like to do a lot of comedy-based stuff here. Well, Lauren, we were going to talk about your career here. So how did it all get started? How did you get involved in comedy slash acting? Well, um, my mom would say that I was performing since I was born. Uh, (laughs) So um, it's something that you kind of have to do. If you're going to do it and be in it for the long haul, it's something that you can do nothing else. And I tried to do other things and it just never worked. And so when I came, I graduated from Wesleyan University I had a bunch of college loans. And so I actually taught high school in Oakland, California. And I started performing in all stages in California and in and around like San Francisco and Oakland and the Bay Area. And I really loved it. And I loved it in a way that everyone I was doing stuff with, like, wasn't taking it as seriously. And I was like, oh, I think I got to, like, do this for real. And then uh, I ended up doing a fellowship in India because I wasn't sure what I, it's really hard to dive into the life as a performer, especially for me coming from a working class background in Queens. My, you know, my whole family was like, get a job of pension benefits. And that was like the, the goal really was to get a job that was going to be secure and forever. And so um, that's um, what I did when I became a teacher. So then I was like, let me get a fellowship so I can, you know, just I thought I'd do public health again, like always thinking about something that was a little more public health isn't certainly it isn't a lucrative career, but it does have some sort of a trajectory and like uh, job positions available <laughs> that you can get. It's a hell of a lot easier than being an actor and a comedian, like a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I started I dove in as soon as I got back from India. India, like I kind of had to admit it to myself because wherever you go, there you are. And so I was performing when I was in India. Like I was like, I, you just keep, keep bumping into yourself everywhere you go. Wow. So you're, what was that like performing in India? Well, I was like, I, so I was doing different things. Like I was taking a, I, I took a dance, someone introduced me to a dance teacher and I ended up becoming like a junior level Bharatanatyam dancer. Whoa, <laughs> was like, wow. Yeah. I just didn't know anyone. And it was like the only activity I had. And it was like consistent. It was like a thing that I would do many times a week. It's like three times a week. It was a lot, but I loved it and it was fun. And then I was um, also, that's where I started to, I started just taking like acting classes and stuff they would have. And I would go to a lot of theater and I took an improv comedy class with Radhika Vaz, who now is someone like I know she's in the comedy world. She was moving to India at that time and doing stand up in India. 
and now she, you know, goes back and forth to the U.S. And now we're like in touch as as comedians. So it's cool. Like, just someone. My first comedy teacher was also someone that uh, I still like work with now. Right, yeah. right. Once you get in that world, I'm sure connections start popping up. You know. Yeah, and you don't expect it. Like all the way in mm-hmm. Bangalore, India. Right, right, right. Taking improv comedy <laughs> class and yeah, being right. like, oh yeah, she's like super in new she's in new york sometimes depending on projects and yeah we get to like hang out yeah cool yeah yeah <laughs> so then how did you get involved in comedy here in the states then well it was like just jumping into show business and figuring out what i wanted to do and it always came back to my characters in every way i would always like be working on them or interested in them and integrating them and and so i tried that in many different plays like platforms and i was doing solo shows for instance and um the director director told me like i feel like you just want to speak right to the audience and so um that uh, when i went into a stand-up room i was like oh this is it this is what i want to do and i do characters within stand-up and that's that's you know other people have done that before me and i've started doing stand-up as melania trump actually when i started doing melania trump impersonation and then i just started doing stand-up as her Someone asked me to do a show with her, and then I did. And um, yeah, so it's, I, it's just like one of those things. It just it happens because the more you just like produce stuff and create stuff, the more you figure out what you want to do. Sure. There's really no other way to do it but like just start creating. And like I almost created at like a manic and almost irresponsible pace, meaning like I like it took a pa- the pandemic was great for me because I was able to catch up with a lot of stuff that like over the years has built up <laughs> like, and hopefully I won't get that again, but I think there's something to be said about just spitting out stuff to figure it out. Sure. For sure. Are you concerned that uh, now that Trump seems to be leaving office, the millennia, millennia uh, characters kind of disappearing? Uh, my brother-in-law, he does a Trump imitation and he's in Amsterdam and whatever, but he, uh, he actually did a Trump imitation for this YouTube video that went viral and all that stuff. And so, but he's starting to work on a Biden now. So are you, are you evolving? Are you working in anything else now that Melania seems to be like, she's going to be phasing out. Is there anything else? Well, you said you're working on a lot of different stuff, but anybody, uh, anybody famous? Yeah. It's a great question that I get a lot. People are like, what's next? Like, what are you going to do? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, well, one thing is that she's going to be relevant for a little while longer. And like in this interim, we released the Melania Trump rock and right wing Christmas album. It's a parody album. Obviously, I hope that's obvious to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's a parody album. And then we're going to do the Melania Trump apology tour. And this is where it gets tricky. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be a moment when the, he leaves mm-hmm. that in between that and when they become irrelevant, that people need like a catharsis and it can be a really cool show to do. Sure. And, and we have to hit that moment, but the pandemic, we can't just start performing in February. Like we right. might not, we probably won't be able to perform until like, June. we'll probably workshop writing and stuff, but we won't be able to put it up until May. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. As far as the Melania character was concerned, was that something that you thought of or did people say you look like her and you should try that? Yes. Someone, I did a joke about Melania. Like it was a saying like, oh, you know, I saw a picture of myself from a time when I was having a hard time. And I was like, oh my God, I look like Melania Trump. Miserable, but trying. And (laughs) 
the club worker was like, oh my God, you have to do that joke. You have to do a Melania Trump impression. And I, at that time, had only done original characters. I've never done impressions. I never thought I could do them. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I was so terrified to like even just say words in her accent. But I was studying it and studying it and listening to this tape over and over and over and over again of her speaking and like working on her physicality. And then I started doing it. And I did a video and I did really well. And it was like, oh dear. I think this is going to be something. And I then I went know. to New York City Pride as her and like got all this attention. And then and then all of a sudden I, I was asked to do a stand-up show as her and it did really well. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to consume my life. And it, and it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it right. Has. Right, right. Yeah. And now how long ago was that? That was like three years ago. Okay. So you've, you've it had It all happened that. really fast. Right. Yeah. So you've been able to ride the wave though. The, the Trump I, thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's interesting. So mm-hmm. um, people, like I came in when people were like starting to peak and how disgusted they were and how distraught they were about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the way to make her funny became um, like no one wants to hear from her per se. Like no one cares about her. No one even knows how to pronounce her name. Like people are right. just like, Ma- right. Melanie? Is it, yeah, I said Melania, Melania, Melania. Yeah, oh, right. I mean, no one does. It. People are like, "Wait, is she Ivanka?" I'm like, no, that's a daughter. Yeah, right, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, no one cares or knows about her. So, the way I put words in her mouth that make her funny, like, um, and because of that, I get like a little bit of a free pass. No one likes her, but I get a little bit of a free pass to put words in her mouth and make her like this tool to come at other things. And so that's why, like, we were going to do the Melania Trump Roadshow, get out the vote and get me out of the White House of Garbage. We had, like, a 30-city <laughs> tour books and then COVID. So, uh, yeah. So, like, yeah. The, so just the way you – and she was going for Biden not because she cares, but because she herself wants to leave the White House. Yeah, I want out. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was only for her. So, like, we had to just use her in a different way because, cause for instance, like, your brother-in-law, Trump impersonator. I'd love to know who he is because I know all the Trumps. I have Trumps everywhere. I have oh, like okay. my LA Trump, my Vegas Trump. Yeah. I got Trumps all over town. His, his, so, name is, his name is Greg Shapiro. He's based in Amsterdam. Yeah, he was with the Boom Chicago crew for a long time. And uh, I think yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I have an Italian Trump, so I feel like I shouldn't have an Asian. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so, so um, they get booked a lot. Mm-hmm. Melania is different no one even knows like that i make her funny is so like off like anyone's thought pattern like no one would ever think that so i what i have to do is then make her like do something unusual which is do stand up like melania just she doesn't talk to anyone and i'm making her get up on stage and talk right, right. she doesn't like, say anything yeah, comedian. <laughs> yeah right. our, our listeners should go to youtube and take a look at some of your clips as Melania, because the the voice is good, and like mm-hmm. you said, once you get makeup and you got that uh, the wig on and whatnot, you really look a lot like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, about now, the contouring. Now you guys were talking, yeah, you guys were talking about name and about Melania's name being difficult. Lauren, your last name is quite a mouthful. Yeah. And now again, our listeners are looking at the file name. It says L O G I U D I C E. Is that been a hurdle for you at all in in your business? Well, actually, it's been a great boon because all of my, well, I made it easy. My website, my social, Twitter, Instagram, everything from Snapchat to TikTok is all Lauren Logie and YouTube, everything, literally everything. Lauren Logie, L-O-G-I. So I made it easy so you can find me, Lauren L-O-G-I. Like that's my thing. Um, And 
in this age of Google, it has changed. I believe it has changed like what it is to have a stage name. So if your name is like Charles Smith and you look on Google, you try to go Charles Smith actor, there's going to be like five of you, 10 of you, 15 of you. Lauren Lojudice, <laughs> there is only one of me <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> so I think it's changed like Zach Galifianakis. Like right. there's only one Zach Galifianakis. There's yeah. only one Lauren LaJudice comedian, actor, definitely one doing Melania. Like there's no, you cannot confuse. And even if you put low and then you just put like a bunch of G and then like just a bunch of letters, I, it, Google will find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you the one LaJudice or are you the other one LaJudice? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Italian, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. I grew up in a very Italian Okay, now you, t- you talked about Zach Galifianakis. You're in the New York area, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're going to comedy clubs in the New York area doing your act, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you bump into at these places that our listeners might know? Well, I don't want to name drop or be... No, we're but, asking you, know, you to. Like, we're it, asking it, you to. Yeah. Asking. Yeah. <laughs> the amazing thing is that, like, for instance, and I was at a show, I was not performing, but I went to the comedy cellar because you're not, like, getting into the comedy cellar to watch in the back unless you're, like, famous. So I was there, and I, that night, like, it was... <laughs> It was a few people, and it was everyone coming on coming on the stage was famous. Mike Rabiglia came in, and it was announced under a different name. Really, and performed. Yeah, he was tanked. He was so drunk. I mean, I, I don't want to. Yeah, he was. I mean, it's okay. It's now, first you didn't want to name drop. Now you're telling us they're drunk. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Well, he was. To be fair, he was also doing an off-Broadway show at the time. So, like, you know, he came in after doing the show, mm. and he might have just maybe it was just tired. But he was having fun. Like that was just, that's what's really fun is that you get, like I saw, I went to this other thing called, um, uh, another thing at the Comedy Cellar called um, New Jokes. Oh, it's great. Because you see these established comedians trying out new material. And I saw like David Tell bomb. I wouldn't think that's possible. Yes. Yeah, like I saw, like in a row, I saw all these famous comedians like, sitting there trying that material and he said like this is called the humbler because i'm trying out new material and then you would see they would like go back and say some material like i saw someone like mr t's daughter did that show she Mm. didn't do a new material she Mm. did she's a stand-up apparently um i didn't know she yeah she um i didn't know until that night and she did all like killer material and you could see the difference because she came on she was she wasn't in new york she was visiting she came into the comedy cellar to do a set and she was like she is actually at the black cat pussycat which is a venue down the block from this comedy cellar and that's where you see these the new jokes and she um came in and like blew it away because she did all of her established material and to me like that was great and it to me it just showed like how hard this is that yeah, the difference between like a starter material and the the real thing is enormous. Like I saw yeah. Colin Quinn work out his new like Red State Blue State. I saw him work out the early forms of that content. He had a residency with the Colin Cell for a while. He was sitting there with like big papers that he wrote stuff and marker in, and he was going through them, and it was so fun. Is the comedy community that that you're part of is it helpful with each other? Or is it highly competitive? Um, I try to only talk to people who I feel like are, are nice and helpful. So I feel like the people I'm in touch with are helpful. 
it is very competitive, yes. But I feel like, see, see, I don't feel that as much because, like, especially what's happened with Milani in the last two years, I've gone off and created this whole other thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like, even know what that means. Who else is, I'm not competing with the other person with the Melania book? Like, it's right. all... Like, and and the best comedians, it's always the truth. The people at the top are the nicest. Like, and I'm sure there are people, there are comedians who are at the top who aren't nice. I shouldn't say that. There are people who aren't nice. Of course, every day, but sometimes, like, they're put in a position that they become less nice, maybe. Um, They're in a very high stakes job that makes them maybe not as nice to everyone. So what does that really mean? So there's, like, that whole argument. But, like, I've worked with people, like, Carmen Lynch did the... um, the Melania Trump radio show. Um, the, the, we did a radio show with WCGO in Chicago, and it was the voter pep rally for Biden. We took pieces of our show and put it on the radio, which was mm-hmm. really fun. And she did that show uh, with us. Um, cool. And she just was the kindest, most generous person when it came to that show. So, yeah, like I feel like giving her time, and she was just so on point, and we had such a great improv. And, and, and it's always the case that people – I work with the better people I work with are always just really nice. That's, but also it's like cool. what you bring out, you know, like what you, what you put out, like there are people who are like, it's so competitive. We're all at war. And I'm like, yeah, like if you talk to Maria Bamford, would she say that? Like, are we all at war? She'd be like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the, uh, you know, working out your material thing. It's a tough business in that you have to be, like fearless essentially i mean you have to be like i'm willing to put out put myself out there and i'm gonna bomb and i know i'm gonna bomb at least sometimes eventually you come up with a good show and most of it doesn't bomb but so i commend you on your bravery i it's something that i would like to try and i don't think i have the guts for it but um well things i'm scared all the time oh sure i don't know anyone who's not scared did you just see the the movie the was it comedian was it the jerry seinfeld documentary Mm i was just watching that yeah. And he's so before the show, he's like scared to death. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, isn't it, it's funny to hear like, well, if that guy's afraid, <laughs> that guy's good. And it makes sense. You know, you're still, it doesn't matter how often you've done it. You're still getting in front of however many, I mean, for him, it's seven, eight, 10,000 people or whatever. He's got three, whatever, thousands. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's 50 or, or 5,000, you're still getting in front of people and you're up there and you're on an island, baby. You're by yourself. And if it doesn't work, that's all on you. There's no, there's no safety net. So in some ways it's great because there's no one to F it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. (laughs) Right. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Like that's what I really like about it is that, and that the, the means to do it is just like you at a microphone. Mm -hmm. And that's really nice. I'm almost Melania. It's a little more than that, but um, like I'm going to start doing, which is hard. Like right now I have to think about like, um, and I think it's a, in a stand-up context, Melania going around doing stand-up. I think that's sunsetting because I feel mm. like unless he runs again, maybe I, it's something now I can always like take out of the drawer, and, sure. which is great. And there's, there's comedians who've been doing Donald for a long time and they take him out of the drawer like when he, you know, does stuff. So, but I have to start speaking as me more and that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's like it's like what is the vo- my voice now? I don't know because the yeah. years have passed. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna just ask that, which is how do you weigh the compromise between getting your voice out there and your audience? I don't know enough. <laughs> I just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you you, you kind of hinted that that 
that because Milani worked out for you, it took away from some of your creativity, perhaps, and some of your other uh, characters. Oh, yeah. It did, well, it took over my life, meaning, like, I couldn't do other characters as much and i just knew i had to like and i had to not just stand up as myself um so i knew it was just going to be that um for a long time and i just you just got to strike with the iron's hot but that's what it is like that's what ha- like doing you like find the project you just have to like go with it and it's going to take up your life and you have to drop everything else and that sure. might be uncomfortable yeah and, and hopefully um, you like the thing that took off right I mean, yeah you hope it, it off, does yeah. so <laughs> i guess like that's that. what i yeah what i mean like you so said like weighing like what the audience wants and what you want it wouldn't be what i chose but it like it just kind of takes itself mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's there's obviously comic possibilities there with her there's worse things than having you know a go-to character Let's talk about a couple of your other characters here. Yes. Uh, I looked at your character reel here. Let's see. Let's start with uh, Rosa Marcella DiPaolo. Uh, Mariella DiPaoli. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's, she's Carmela's sister, actually. Okay. Oh, I see and the resemblance. She's, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's the self-suffering one, and <laughs> she's always the victim. And where Carmela's always the, the one who figures it out. She's the manipulator. Okay. And these are characters probably based upon your New York upbringing family. Yeah. Yeah. They're all based on the, all the women in my family. Cause I didn't look like anyone. So I was always like the outsider and I would just kind of look around at what people were doing. And I noticed that the women had a thing for tearing each other apart. And <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite? Um, you know, there's so many of them and, Carmela's been with me for a really. I, uh, Carmela and Queens Marie are really near and dear to my heart. Queens Marie is like a, is a, another fast talking, Queens girl, very Italian, Guidette, if you might say, and she lives in her parents' basement and she's learning about feminism. Okay. So, I'm taking a feminist self directed reading course. Um, so nice. (laughs) What character other than Melania do you think the most people have responded to? Well, right now what's happening is I started doing Ivanka because that's another thing. Like, what's next? Uh, I think she's going to run for president. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I know Carmela's voice. Do you have a little bit of it for us here? You mean Ivanka's voice? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. 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 I'll teach you to do Ivanka's voice if you want to know something. All right, you're going to put it all on the higher register of your voice. And you're going to breathe. And the most important thing, actually, is you're going to, and you're going to have this almost some California sounds, mm-hmm. like your California, like El Secundo, like that. Also, some high, uh, like lifting my vowels with her, like people. Four. And she has both of that in her speech, along with the high glottify, but that's. So you're going to breathe that out, actually. So you have to release all your air. Hi. So I'm here on this program, and my voice is very breathy because I can't breathe that much. I don't have much air in my lungs right now. But um, are you hearing me? You should hear my voice because you'll hear it a lot more often because me and my father are going to make sure that I get everything I want. (laughs) Um, So expect me to run for president. Um, I'll be campaigning on more deluxe packages at the Four Seasons Spa for all. Thanks. Nice. Nice. Do you uh, you ever watch Shit's Creek? Uh, Yeah. Okay, you you sound like the the sister. Um, I can't think of her name now, but 
Yeah, that, that's who that's who that reminds me of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it, it sounds like that you put a lot of thought into this. You talked about the different yeah. types of yeah. sounds and whatnot, and you yeah, reference yeah. things that. So, I mean, this is something you study. You don't just wing it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> I could probably. Yeah. Just I, I mean, I put it. a lot of effort and time into it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to get out there and look like a fool. I mean, you, you know, you want to do well. This makes sense. Yeah. And, and I like, it's like I put a lot of love into my character. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of thought, you know, sure. in, in, in background work and acting work and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. I thought of this before, uh, well, essentially last week's segment for the listeners, but uh, Carmela character, what did you do? Because when we turn on the microphone and the, and the camera, you were there, you were in character. You were like ready to go as Carmela. So what did you yeah. do to get in, into that mindset? Um, well, um, it depends. Carmela I've been with me so long, I can mm-hmm. just go into her. And the mm-hmm. same thing now with Melania, because I've done her. But at the beginning, it's not like that. Like when I, I'm just starting to do Ivanka videos, which have gotten a lot of response. You know, I go over my notes. I go over the voice. I go over like different physicality things. And I drill them down. And then I start to go over the script. And then I just start shooting it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious if you, um, you know, because especially Carmela, like she has a certain attitude to, toward mm-hmm. uh, of, of hers, but like you said, maybe you've just been doing her so long, you can kind of mm-hmm. click into that New York kind of like, what's wrong with you kind of attitude. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I've, I've been in so many situations. I've improved her a lot. So sure. mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about the comedy, but also I see on some of your YouTube things that you do commercial work. And that's another thing a lot of people do that are in your business. Yeah, yeah, of course. For commercials, the best day of work ever. Oh my God, you get paid a lot of money and you show up and it's not that hard. So that's the best day of work. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just get more of those. I, I, I'd like some of those. I know, I know. You yeah, it's hard. My way. Yeah. Yeah. I, looked at a, I looked at a couple. I saw that Burlington Colt one and I thought maybe I recognized you from that. Is there any ad that ran more than the rest? Oh, the serve pro one. And that was a non-union thing. That's why I'm part of the union now, union all the way, because it went and it wasn't uh, no residuals. So. Oh, ah. <laughs> what about acting? I saw a couple things on your reel where it looked like you're in some type of TV or movies. Do you do acting yeah. as well? Yeah, I'm an actor. And that's like part of it. You know, I'm an actor. So that's why these these characters are very fleshed out. And so, yeah, I go out for stuff all the time, TV, movies, things like that. You know, at this point, I'm starting to get cast as my characters. People are like, I need you to play like this character, but without the accent and this attitude. So I'm like, all right. So that's that's really fun. That's that's the goal, really. I'd rather just be like, just just pick one and tell me and I'll show up. Right, right. Now you're in New York City there. There's all this talk that New York is really shut down and it's kind of dying. People are leaving. Is the New York attitude any different right now or is it? Uh, New York always will this? always be great. And yeah, New York's not going anywhere. And you've so, lived your whole life there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about California? Is, is there any idea of going out there and pursuing your career? LA, uh, not for me. I like New York. I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about, well, I'll say show business, but it seems like you could pick either one, right? I mean, you can be in New York. Now you and, can. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it used to be, you have to always just go out to California. So I was, I was LA. Yeah. It's LA. Everything's there. But yeah. a, lot in, a lot in New York now. So so you mentioned um, that you had a bunch of shows lined up this year and they were canceled because of COVID and all that. Yep. So what have you been doing? Like, are you able to do any 
any shows at all? Any virtual shows or anything? Or you just kind we of did some virtual stuff? shows, yeah. And when, then we just started doing, um, we started doing virtual shows, and that was okay. You know, virtual shows are like everyone agrees they're like meh. You yeah, know? yeah, right. So, and then we did the radio show, which was cool, and um, we made a lot of videos, a lot of videos. We made the Flotus official account. We have a parody account on Instagram. We built that up, um, putting out a bunch of videos and. Um, do updates from the White House. That was really fun. And now we actually got hired to do uh, videos on Rizzle because of that. So that's what that, um, it's a new social media app, app. So that's where it led to, which was cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. I mean, hopefully there's some, maybe some silver linings. Like you said, about this COVID thing, you know, gave you some time to kind of flesh out some other ideas that you had or all kinds of other stuff you had yeah, yeah. that you didn't get, mm-hmm. get a chance to get to, you know, yep. a lot of creative work and mm-hmm. stuff. So it doesn't pay the bills now, but, you know, looking forward to the future, you know, that's, yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Lauren, I want to thank you for coming on our show. We had a lot of fun. We look forward to seeing your projects coming up wherever they yeah. are. Yeah, Everyone can find me at Lauren Logi, L-O-G-I, and you can sign up, become part of my crazy tribe of other arty, arty weirdos and, um, get inside info discounts and stuff like that. So nice. yeah, go to laurenloji.com and on social, it's the same. Find me there. All right, Lauren. Well, thanks again for, uh, for being here and taking your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast when we interview broadcaster and former Milwaukee brewer great Jerry Augustine. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.